Hi, I'm Jill Sylvester, licensed mental health counselor and author of the self-help book, Trust Your Intuition, 100 Ways to Transform Anxiety and Depression for Stronger Mental Health, and the young adult self-help fiction novels, The Land of Blue and Awakening, book one in the Devon series, book two out in the next few months. Each of my books deals with the themes of how to achieve excellent mental health and how to deepen your intuition, because for me, it all comes down to listening to and trusting your own inner voice in order to live your very best life. Hi, and welcome to this week's podcast. I was in a different room recording this, and my bulldog was snoring so loudly under my feet that I had to switch rooms, and now he's followed me up here. So hopefully you won't hear him, uh, hear him close by here. So um, again, welcome to this week's podcast. And the topic for this week is going to be getting started and staying with a creative project. But before we get to that, I want to focus on gratitude. And for me personally, this week, it's that my second book in my young adult series, the Devon Dream Agent series, is available for release. And if you've ever written a book or you've worked on any artistic project of any kind, which of course you have, you know that when you go through all the blood, sweat, and tears, and all the love and attention and care and heart and soul that you put into that project, that when it is ready to be shared, it really is a great feeling um, because that's one of the reasons that we do it. You know, the other half of the equation, the first half is for yourself because if you're like me, if there's something that you're doing, you just, you you have to do it. You do it for a penny. You just It's just something you have to do. And um, if you don't, particularly with regards to passion, you get depressed, you know, and that I can definitely say for me, if I'm not writing, then I would tend to feel down because that just feels like, why I'm here and what I'm meant to do. But the other half of the equation is that you want to share it with people. So when you get to that point where you share a project with someone, whether it's a book or it's a cake or it's a room that you've just painted, whatever you've put your energy and time into, it's a really um, nice space to arrive in when you're ready to share it with people. So I am grateful for that. And again, that's the second book in my Devon Dream Agent series. So if you like mystery and you like young adult novels, then um, you will like Pieces. The first book is Awakening. The second one is Pieces. And it's actually my fourth book. Um, And I'm hard at work on the third novel in that series as well. So I hope you enjoy that. And stay tuned for um, a virtual live book event that I'm going to be doing on June 2nd. So I will have those details are actually already on my website and I will be sending out a an email on that as well. So if you sign up for my newsletter at jillsylvester.com, you can get the details on that. So back to the topic for today, getting started and staying with a creative project. So I'm going to use a few steps from The Talent Code by Daniel Coyle. If you haven't read that book, it's really a good one on how we develop talent and not just how we think of it as just like it's innate and we're born with it. It's really how you develop it and the strategies to, um, you know, to do well in your field of choice. So it's a really good book, The Talent Code, Daniel Coyle. And I'm using a few of his uh, tips and strategies today and just tweaking it with my myself with regards to getting started and working on a creative project. So the first f- step if you're listening and you have yet to tackle that project, that endeavor that you've been meaning to all your life or for the past month or the past year and you never got to it in 2020 and it's really haunting you and you really want to get started, I'm hoping today's podcast is for you because if not now, when? 
And, you know, anytime you're going to start something that feels like you just got to do it and that you really want to do it and it's calling to you, you can expect the gremlins to come out in army fashion and try to get you to reverse course. Tell you all the reasons why you're too old, you're too young, you're uneducated, it's it's a far reach, it doesn't matter, who's going to care, it's normal, and it's part of the process. And when you listen to them, you'll still be in the same place. You'll have paralysis by analysis, and you won't by analysis, and you won't get started on it because you'll just you know be listening to those voices that again come out in full force so your job is to recognize that and be aware of the fact that they're going to come out and that it's tip hi, hi jackson that it's typically you know par for the course it's called trouble at the border it's called monkey mind there's many terms for it and it's to be expected so when you start a project the first step that i'm going to put out there today for you to consider is that this will happen you will inevitably come up with all the reasons why you shouldn't, and you know that. If you're in that spot right now, you've already done that. So once you start to understand, though, that that is part of the gremlin's purpose, is to hold you back from doing the very thing that you really, really want to do with your heart, and you know you understand that the procrastination is serving you to move in another direction versus moving you forward into that new space of what does it feel like when I, you know, finish a chapter? What does it feel like when I make calls and research this project that I want to work on? You start to move forward and gain confidence, and the gremlins are not, not going to want you to do that. So that first step is being able to stop and say, oh, that's what that is. So when you set out to do something, and you start to hear the no's or all the reasons why, and it might just not be in your own head, by the way. It can be the people around you telling you all the reasons why something won't work out or why you shouldn't. When you recognize that for what it is, which is an obstacle in your path, you then are presented with a choice, whether you are going to fall prey to that and stay on that victim vibration of, yeah, I better not, you know, just, it's not for me, it didn't work out, whatever, then you start to see how every time you make a choice that you are participating in your own chaos. It's not just the people out here or the things out there telling you why you can't do such and such, or even the voices in your own head. You now have to take responsibility for the fact that you are choosing not to move forward and not to continue to see what it would feel like to move into a new space and feel a little bit more courageous than you felt an hour ago, a little bit more courageous than you felt a month ago because you've written a couple pages or you've been working on something where you're making progress and maybe you've showed somebody what you're doing. So you start to gain confidence and momentum, but you can only do that by acknowledging the fear that you feel in the first place. And when you can acknowledge it and expose it and shine a light on that darkness for what it is, that's when you can make headway. So expect obstacles, expect negativity, expect fear to show up. And once you recognize that for the um, deception and the illusion that it is and you know the purpose in that of keeping you from that, why? Because you might just be dang good at it. 
So once you understand that it's there to actually serve you, and it serves you to the point of helping you to rise in vibration, to get greater at something, to feel more confident, to feel, you know, your, your worth. Part of it is attached to worth. If something is, if you feel compelled to do something in your life and you've been holding back on that, well, then you're going to feel less self-esteem and worth than you could be by making the choice to move forward with something. So being brave and recognizing those voices, whether they're external or internal, for what they are, and being astute enough energetically to say, oh yeah, I know what this is. It's supposed to hold me back. It's I'm right on track. I'm right where I'm supposed to be. This is something that's normal. And then making the choice to proceed, that's when you can really start to move and start to really add it to your schedule, which we'll talk about in a second. Calling all parents and teachers. Planting the Seeds is a line of self-help tools based on therapeutic models of self-esteem building for children both at home and in the classroom. Created by a licensed mental health counselor, Planting the Seeds physical and digital cards and conversation starter tools are designed to encourage meaningful conversations between kids and their caregivers. They're perfect for morning and afternoon meetings for teachers in the classroom or for starting the day at home during breakfast to get your kids' thoughts moving in the right direction. For more information, please visit jillsylvester.com. Plant the seeds today for a strong and healthy tomorrow. Okay, so the next step is to make it part of your schedule, meaning that you have to commit to this endeavor, to this project, and make it part of your life so that you are showing yourself that you are serious. And so... In the Talent Code, um, Coyle talks about chunking it up. And I love the idea of chunks. I've been talking about chunks for years um, before I even read that book and, and knew how they used it um, in application for the Talent Code. But chunking it up means that you are designating a certain portion of your day to making this project happen. And when you do that, now you become more in control of your destiny. It's not just like, all right, well, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. There's a piece of that, certainly, that is important. Surrender is huge, and we can't control everything that happens. But you can certainly control whether you are, you know, adding this discipline to your schedule every single day, every single week. And when you start to make it part of your life, whether it's 20 minutes a day that you're putting something into practice, let's say researching a project, or researching schools that you want to go back to to get your MBA or graduate school of some kind, you are taking the reins and you are focusing on every single day committing to the steps that it takes to move forward to make something happen. So when you take a look at your schedule, you make sure that that's a part of it. So if you're working 9 to 5, and you've got to make supper for the kids or supper for yourself or you've got, you know, plans, you're exercising in the morning, you've got something to do at night, then you make sure at some point in each day or at least in your week that you're setting aside time to put that in. And it doesn't always mean that that chunk is going to go well, or that you're always going to be in the zone or it's just going to flow, but it means that you are at least showing up to the page and that's the third step which is hitting repeat and that's what the talent code talks about is repeating the practice every single day because without practice and establishing those I think it's called 10,000 10, hours um, to expert status 
then you are, you know, doing it haphazardly and you're not committing yourself the way you could is when you are showing up and making it a part of your schedule every single day. So chunking it up means that you are adding it to the work that you're already doing for the week and you're making it a priority. And what ha- what, what helps, I find, when you put things into chunks is letting somebody know that you're doing that. Because then it's like, all right, if I say it out loud, then I really mean it. Like, I'm really going to work on this. And it kind of holds you accountable, especially when you know someone's going to say, hey, how's that project going? And so it's like it's not just your own little secret anymore. It's not just the little fantasy you have in your head about someday making this happen. It's being brave enough to say, I really want to move forward on this. I know I'm going to feel really good if I can accomplish X, Y, Z. And so you let somebody know about the chunks of your schedule that you're making sure happen or... You're not going somewhere because you say, I have to do this first, or I can't meet you on Friday for, you know, a cup of coffee because I'm committed to writing during that morning or that afternoon, or I'm going to be researching something that, you know, that afternoon, so I can't meet you. So then it's like, oh, what are you working on? And so it becomes this thing that becomes a part of you, and it's now exuding that energy of who you are because you're making it part of your life. So it becomes that energy that you're presenting to another person because you're outing it, because you're sharing it, because you're making it a discipline and making it part of your schedule and you're committing to it. And that's the other step of repeating. So every day when you're showing up to the page, as Julia Cameron says, but when you show up to the page, you are showing up for a session with yourself, with your craft, that you have no idea if it's going to go well or it's not going to go well. But the whole point is to show up. And if you're a person who plays a musical instrument, it's like that. You know, some days you show up to it and it flows and you're making beautiful music. And other days you're, you know, slamming your keys down on the piano because you're so frustrated. Because it's just not going the way you want it to. But that's how we get there. That encompasses the blood, sweat, and tears aspect of developing any kind of craft whatsoever. It's saying, this is important to me. This is something that I know is going to make me feel more whole in my life. If not now, when? And what does my schedule look like so that I can start to bring this into my daily or weekly habits? When I say daily or weekly, if you're a person that just it's just impossible for you to be able to sit down and practice whatever it is you want to practice, every single day of the week, like Stephen King does when he writes and he says that he works, you know, seven days a week and that that's how he starts his morning, which is so admirable, then if that's not going to happen for you, then at least where are you making it happen three to four days a week, I would say, kind of like exercise, right? That minimum three to four days a week to really get those, you know, those uh, benefits from showing up and doing the work. So where are you putting that in? What mornings are you committing to? Are you a night owl? What evenings are you committed to? When is it quiet in your house and instead of watching TV, you're going to substitute that with making sure that you are working on this thing that you want to work on so that you feel an even greater sense of self. And then when you're done, the reward becomes watching TV. How are you mapping out your schedule so that you are chunking up work, play, and rest? How are you chunking up your day so that you can put this into your work, even if you work for somebody else? 
that you're making sure that the work that you're doing for you, the work that you're doing for your passion, the thing that you want to create and add to the world in service of some kind, regardless of who accepts it and receives it or not, how are you putting that into your schedule and making it a priority, regardless of what the gremlins say, regardless of what anybody else says? Where are you putting that in? And how are you flexing that muscle every single day to practice? So it could be, you know, hitting repeat for you means showing up and you are, you know, actually typing keys into the computer. You know, you're actually, you're actually working on something. Other days it could be reading books so that you're researching the subject that you want to go back to school for or the subject that you want to write about or present about. Or maybe you're calling other people and interviewing them and getting perspective. So it doesn't have to look the same every single day when you hit quote-unquote repeat, but you're plugging into that energy of what you want to make happen. And when and how you do that is what's most important. So every day could and probably is you know, going to be different. But the idea is the energy of putting it into this project that you want to make manifest is the most important thing. And that by plugging into that, you're connecting with the thing that makes you feel alive, that makes you light up. So it's really something to think about. You know, I'm recording this June 1st, and I, it, you know, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I cannot believe half of 2021 is almost over. It's, it's surreal. So at this point, if you're 17 listening to this or you're 70 listening to this, and there's something that you want to get started that has just been a monkey on your back, for such a long time or a short time and it's just this growing nudge try to be brave enough if you can to answer that call by doing one thing today taking one step in the direction of getting past the gremlins of adding it into your schedule and then planning to hit repeat so that you figure out you know how far you can take it that's always been my goal just to take it as far as I can to show up every day and just Wherever it takes me, just to see how far it can go with the purpose of doing something that's important to me. And anything that you want to get started on, it's important to you. You wouldn't be thinking about it. You wouldn't be daydreaming about it. You wouldn't be feeling so good when you thought about it. So I encourage you, I urge you, if not now, when? And to show up to that page, to show up to that project, and really move forward in the direction that you want to go because you're the only person who can navigate it and get yourself there. Okay, themes that came up this week. So one was loneliness. For those of you who are quote-unquote alone, meaning like you're not in a relationship or your children aren't at home anymore and you're empty nesters or whatever situation you find yourself in, or you are in a relationship and you do have children at home and you have a lot of people around you, but yet you still feel lonely because that is definitely a reality that can definitely happen in our relationships we can have people physically there bodies around us and we can feel very very alone so the strategy that i would give to feeling lonely is to find your happy find the good you're happy you're good every single day there's something to be grateful for there's something to be happy about whether it's the weather whether it's a good book, a good movie, a great TV series, a friend that calls at just the right time, the bunnies that are playing in your yard, 
I know that's how I started my day this morning. It was it was just so, so cool to watch. You know, finding the good things in your day, in your moments, even when around you, things just feel a little sad and people in our lives might not be so joyful and just might not be on the vibe that we're at. Find the things that feel good to you and do them. Try to detach yourself as best you can from what's going on with these other people and say to yourself, well, this is my life to live, so I'm going to focus on those bunnies. I'm going to focus on the weather today. I'm going to focus on the thing that's making me happy, like this great you know, bowl of cereal, this great food in front of me, this great restaurant, you know, now that people are out there again, and something, one thing, find your good. It can be really, really, really simple, and it can be really, really, really big, but it's got to be yours, and that helps to really flex that muscle of continuing to move forward to find the good in the next moment, so that you can stay the course, even when those around you might not be contributing to, um, you know, feeling good about yourself, and especially if you don't have people around you, making sure that you're being creative enough to say every day, like, this is good in this hour. And sometimes when we're lonely, we have to take it one hour at a time, sometimes one half hour at a time. So when you do, finding what's right in those moments will give you, uh, you know, the buoyancy to kind of take you to that next moment of taking you in the direction to elevating you to higher ground. Okay, the next thing that came up was feeling negative feelings. So whether you're feeling stuck or you're feeling sad or you're feeling down or you're feeling doubtful or uncertain, these are a lot of the different um, emotions that I'm just reflecting back on from the week. When you feel upset, it's important to acknowledge how you feel. I like to use a bridge. This is something I've been working with recently. I find it particularly helpful for me. My clients have found it helpful as well. So, so here it is for you. When you feel down, you can't just jump, and I've said this before, to like, you know, the affirmation of everything is amazing, you know, when it isn't. So you, it's not about living in la-la land. It's about living in reality. So you want to have an affirmation of everything is amazing. But in order to get there first, you might be feeling, let's take the one of sad. So if you're feeling sad, you say, you know, right away, you say, I'm feeling sad and it's safe to proceed. I'm feeling uncertain. I don't know how people are going to take this. I don't know how people are going to take that thought or that project or that thing. I have no idea. And I know I'm safe to proceed. So you acknowledge the negative. I'm feeling uncertain. I'm feeling doubtful. I'm feeling unsure. I'm feeling scared. I'm feeling fearful. And I'm safe to proceed. And I know it's safe to proceed. I find it helpful to create a bridge from the negative emotion to a forward-moving emotion because what you're doing is you're acknowledging what's difficult. You're not denying it. You're outing it. You're exposing it, which always helps to raise it to a higher vibration to get you feeling a lot more stable in your body. And then you're creating a bridge to that place of like, okay, at least I can move forward. It doesn't mean everything is perfect in my life right now. I haven't arrived at that space I want to be in, but it's helping me to get to the place where I'm like, okay, I've got this. This feels better. So I'm feeling XYZ. I'm feeling negative. I'm feeling afraid. I'm feeling uncertain. I'm feeling unsure of myself. And I know it's safe to proceed. And I know I'm safe to proceed. Take yourself to that next moment so you can bring yourself there. And then 
you'll know, you know, how to move forward and move forward and move forward from that, from that point. And then the last theme that came up, and it always does, because everything comes down to choice. If you've read my novel, The Land of Blue, which is a book based on choice, you know that everything comes down to whether we're looking at something from a negative or a positive perspective, whether something is light or something is dark, whether something is fearful or whether something is based in light and love. Always remember that you have a choice. If you're lonely, you have a choice in how you are experiencing the world, in finding the good, in creating something that's strong. If you're feeling uncertain, you have a choice in whether you want to sit and stew in that feeling of uncertainty or creating a bridge, using a tool to get yourself to higher ground. If you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling upset, if you're feeling angry, if you're feeling rage, if you're feeling revengeful and manipulative, sad, you know, whatever the emotion is, you have a choice whether you choose to stay on that plane or not and sit in that and bathe in it and, you know, allow it to become your identity over years and years and years or to finally just decide you're just going to unzip that yucky energy that you've been wearing for years, for months, for days, whatever it is, and say, no more. Like, I'm all set with this. I'm done. I'm moving forward. It's over. I don't want to think about that part anymore. And I want to just move forward into a new space and open up to what could be waiting for me once I let this go. You always have a choice. That is the most powerful action of all for each of us, is that we have a choice on how we view things, how we want to proceed, and whether we move from here to there and or not. And this is why many of us can stay stuck on one plane and then complain about everything around us when really it's up to us to be able to say there might be a different way to look at it. There might be another perspective. And if I was going to choose a different perspective, how might that look? Choice. It's your birthright. Use it. Thanks for listening. If you like today's podcast, please hit subscribe and share with your people. And please check out my books and products at www.jillsylvester.com where you can sign up for my weekly blog to receive tips and strategies to deepen your intuition and live your very best life. Thanks for listening.